This is Breakaway, a women's soccer podcast covering industry events, emerging teams, and the latest on league developments. Welcome your co-hosts, Megan and Chase. Hello, listeners. Before we dive into today's content, I just want to drop a quick disclaimer. In this episode, we made a lot of predictions on who we believe that the next woman's World Cup coach is going to be. And to our very luck, our predictions came true one day after we recorded everything. So we apologize for sounding like the information that we are conveying is not certain. At the time, it wasn't. Now it is. So just want to say we're great at predicting things. Another reason why you should continue listening to us. But just wanted to make that clear before we dive in. Thank you. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Breakaway. I'm your co-host, Megan. And I'm Chase. And we are here today to talk about something very, very exciting. The basically confirmed slash not confirmed coach of the U.S. Women's National Team. <laughs> I know this is big news. I mean, we knew it was coming the moment that they fired the last coach. But it's kind of crazy that this is just rumors out there, but it seems based off of what we've learned that this is a a very, very, very likely outcome. So, yeah, yeah. it basically got leaked before it was supposed to. So fun stuff. But anyways, we'll start this podcast off with an icebreaker, a breakaway question of the day. And I have one for you, Chase, with Thanksgiving around the corner. Do you have a specific holiday song that you were counting down the days till you can listen to it. A holiday? No. <laughs> Absolutely. No. You don't I... like Christmas songs? Christmas? Not season? really. Um, I don't know. I guess that's more of something that my sister gets really into. <laughs> and so I guess whatever she wants to listen to is what I'll be listening to. Oh, no. Actually, from one of the newer Grinch movies, there are a few songs in that movie that I actually really, really like. So sometimes when those pop up, I get excited. But like whenever artists do like their Christmas album debut, I really don't care about that at all. I've never been one of those types of people that gets really tuned into that. So, okay, Mr. Scrooge, you know, my answer drummer boy by Justin Bieber. I listen to it almost year round, but I have been really good this year to not listen to Christmas music before Thanksgiving. And it's coming up pretty quickly. So I'm excited. I know uh, a also, few of my neighbors have actually already started putting up their Christmas lights already. And I'm like, sir slash ma'am, Thanksgiving is in two weeks. Let's 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 reel it in a little bit. I see Jonas Brothers in one week. You do? Yeah. Anyways. Um <laughs> I love Christmas music. I will listen to almost anything. I love the Pentatonics album, Glee Christmas music, Justin Bieber, Mariah Carey. The whole nine yards. Wow. Yeah. You know, I good for you, Megan. <laughs> Glad. Anyways. <laughs> Dang, I was really excited for that. And you just basically were like, that's a horrible question. Thank you. Yeah. I'm um, sorry. Anyways, uh, today we will be discussing Hayes and who she is, what she brings to the table as the basically confirmed U.S. Women's National Team new coach. That's going to be my slogan tonight, basically confirmed. Um, So I'll just start with a few facts to understand who she is. So she's the current head coach for Chelsea in the WSL, the Women's Super League, over in England. She started off, like she has 
a past of coaching. So she's had a few stints over in the United States in the early 2000s working um, at a college, Iona Gales College. I had to look this up because I was like, where even is that? It's in New York. I think it's, what's it called? Upstate New York. I stumbled on my words there. Um, and then she also coached at the Long Island Lady Rider Riders. Long Island Lady Riders. That's a name. That's kind of a tongue twister. So yeah. Long Island Lady Riders. Yeah. And then in 2006, she hopped back uh, to England, where she is from. 2006 to 2008, she was assistant coach at Arsenal's women's team. And then she did come back and coached the Chicago Red Stars from 2008 to 2010. And then in 2012, she finally became the head coach at Chelsea. That's crazy. I know. And I was looking up some of her stats while she's been the coach at Chelsea. And her stats are incredible, especially with how many wins she has compared to draws and losses. It's almost 71%. That is insane. That is almost unheard of. So cool. Yeah. With Chelsea, she's won six WSL titles, five FA Cups, two League Cups, Community Shield 2020, uh, no Champions League final, but for sure has done a lot over there. So when she came over in 2012, um, there was 22 people on her team and 11 people returned the next year. So she definitely came in and chose to rebuild, rebuild the entire team. Uh, the big like shift in Chelsea, I would point out 2018 to 2019 season was trophyless. So she rebuilt Chelsea again with new recruits, including the Sam Kerr. So Sam Kerr is the forward for Chelsea, probably her biggest player uh, on the team. And then they ended up winning back-to-back WSL titles right after that in 2019 and 2020 to 2021. And then after that 2020 to 2021 season, a lot of people saw their dominance and called them the best team in the world. I would say that's probably second to Barcelona since uh, they did – get beat to Barcelona four to zero um, <laughs> in that year, the Champions League <laughs> final. Yeah, she's just like breaking down barriers over there constantly, uh, winning titles except Champions League. But yeah, rebuilding is kind of in her nature. I know her resume is quite impressive. And just to add to that, outside of soccer, she has also co-written a book called Kill the Unicorn, which there's an audio version of her book and she does all of the narrating. And it's not so much a a biography of who she is and like what her story is growing up, but more so just like a a leadership manual. But it's out there. You guys should give it a listen. Very interesting stuff. She goes into a lot of details about how she developed as a leader, what her leadership strategy is, high performance management, things like that. So cool stuff. Very well accomplished. And her doing the audio. That would be so cool to listen to. So the big shift there. Oh, before I move on, actually, Chase, do you have any other thoughts with her background or do you think we covered it? Um, I think you did a really good job covering it. She has so many different coaching experiences, both within the United States and over in Chelsea. You know, her track record really does speak for itself. She's had so many wins. She's gotten so many titles. Um, She's such a strong leader and she has so much respect from a lot of the players that she's coached in the past towards her. Yeah. So overall, I think this is a... If these rumors are true, I'm very, very excited. I think there is a ton that she can bring to this yeah. U.S. national team, but I think you did a, a good job covering Thank um, you. her career. <laughs> I was like, wow, I just came in and just powered through. I'm 
wanted you to make did. sure you and there and there is a lot that she's <laughs> done too you guys have to pull up her wikipedia page there is many many sections it is broken down by like two to three year segments because that's how yeah. many different roles and occupations that she's held so well and it's just it seemed like each like it was almost like there was multiple different ebbs and flows like different sections of her career like even at chelsea it would be like this section was all about rebuilding and like getting proper training facilities and like you know fighting for what they had available for chelsea and then these were the years of like rebuilding and bringing in key recruitments and you know these are the years of building off of that and it's yeah she's done incredible work over at chelsea and before that but chelsea is really where we've seen it you know over a 10-year period really see uh, the impact she has had which i'm sure we'll get more into that as we get into our discussion so November 4th, 2023, Chelsea announced that Hayes uh, would be leaving at the end of the season to, in quote, pursue a new opportunity outside of the WSL and club football. So hinting that she would not be going to club football uh, after Chelsea. And then it was leaked that the U.S. Soccer Federation Board of Directors did approve the hiring for the U.S. Women's National Team. So I've heard speculations on, you know, who leaked that, but... Um, some say it was like the players initially leaked it, uh, but everywhere I looked was like, our sources tell us <laughs> that she is confirmed. So Right, I know. It, it sounds like it's just waiting on like a few different people on the U.S. Soccer Federation's board um, to yeah. get final details. And I'm sure they don't want to announce anything until her season, her, her, her current season at Chelsea comes to an actual closing. Yeah. Um, which it sounds like there are because that goes until next May, right? So there's still there's still a lot of time left that she that she has with Chelsea, which makes it which made me start thinking too, because the 2024 Olympics is coming up next year and that starts in mid-July. So that's gonna be an incredibly short turnaround time. And this team is at such a critical juncture right now because there have been multiple veterans players that just announced the retirement. I mean, obviously, one of them is Megan Rapino. But we've also seen Julie Ertz announce the retirement. Um, but we also have a lot of really young players that are starting to take the stage and um, are at really critical moments as well. So just Trinity Rodman, Sophia Smith, Alyssa Thompson, um, a few others in there as well. But the U.S. team is at such an interesting turning point right now. I'm just curious to see how, if Emma is announced as the coach, how she's going to manage all of that in such a t- uh, short time frame um, between when she ultimately does depart from Chelsea in May and gets the team ready in, what, two months, two and yeah. a half months for the Olympics? Well, they did. St- ESPN did state that Emma would be doing both uh, finishing out her time at the WSL with Chelsea and taking on the U.S. Women's National Team role, which there is some conflict. Like specifically, there's scheduling issues with the CONCACAF W Gold Cup that's running from February 2nd to March 10th, and Chelsea has two team league matches uh, during that time well, against gonna, Man City a, and then yeah, Leicester and like, City. And like I know there's going to be some overlap, but I think like the overlap just means like she's going to be hosting some camps. Like she's not actually going to be able to like full on coach this team. I think she'll only have like a limited handful of opportunities to actually really 
try to communicate her leadership style to this group, really try to vet out what skills she wants to to adopt to their team, things like that, really get to know the players. It'll be interesting to see how she manages all of that. Yeah, and I mean, any coach would have, it. to be fair, um, if we didn't get a coach in like August, and even in August, it would have still been a tight turnaround when you think about like the amount of time uh, that the U.S. Women's National Team has together. It would it would have been a tight turnaround no matter what. But I think it was pretty clear that Flacco is not working. So I agree with like what they're doing. <laughs> it's just like unfortunate that uh, no matter what, it would have been a tight turnaround. Now, when you factor in her coaching Chelsea at the same time, it it is kind of worrisome in terms of like how mu- how spread can this coach be successfully. Yeah. And I wish her all the best. And I think if there's anyone that can do it, it, it sounds like it would be her. But yeah, she's going to be torn between two teams, uh, which is different. <laughs> I know it's going to be it's going to be interesting. But I mean, I guess like what else can the U.S. Women's National Team do? Because they did lay off their coach right after uh, the FIFA World Cup, knowing that the Olympics was right around the corner. So yeah. I guess they kind of knew the time constraint that they were under and they still went forward yeah. with it. So I don't know. Maybe they're just not putting as much focus into the Olympics as they do the World Cup. I'm not exactly sure which one brings in more revenue for the Federation. Um, Is the Soccer Federation even... I don't even know what the Soccer Federation's role is in the Olympics. My guess is that U.S. Soccer works with the Olympic Committee just like they would work with FIFA. Like, I think it's pretty similar in that. But we would have to... Yeah, we would have to look into that. Yeah, but still really interesting things to consider. But, you know... Just looking back at Ms. Hayes' uh, history of building up teams, um, being able to create a lot of cohesion amongst players and having such a successful track record. I mean, like I said earlier, her entire time over with Chelsea, she has won over 70% of matches. And that doesn't include draws. So that's so impressive. Um, before we move into why she might be a good fit for the U.S. Women's National Team, we've already hinted at it, but I want to mention that. The Athletic has stated that it is supposed to be a potential for a record-breaking contract with Emma Hayes in U.S. soccer, saying that the salary would be equal to U.S. men's national team coach Greg Berhalter, which I find super exciting. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's kind of just like a nice reminder, too. Like, I even did this with myself. Equal pay doesn't just fall with the players it falls with the entire staff time too um like we all like we've covered beforehand now you know like when ladko when he was the coach they were doing a lot of comparisons between his salary and the u.s men's national team salary while they were having their debut uh, debut in the world cup um but this is just like a good reminder of like it doesn't there's not just unequal pay disputes between players it's amongst coaches and staff as well yeah Um, so if this rumor is true that their salaries are going to be equal that's going to be a huge step forward for the woman for the fight for equal pay so really cool stuff to hear hopefully we see it materialize but yeah so so i guess switching into why we think Emma Hayes is a good fit for the U.S. Women's National Team. I'm going to turn it over to you, Chase, to put your thoughts on that of how do you see her translating as a good coach and a good fit? I think, honestly, for me, seeing how she has rebuilt the entire Chelsea team and the success that she's created over there is something that I'm incredibly optimistic about because I think that the U.S. Women's National Team, as I mentioned earlier, is at a really interesting juncture right now. They're basically 
creating a brand new U.S. Women's National Team right now because you have so many players that are retiring. It's really going to be a completely different team than a team that we've been used to. Um, and she has a really good track record of rebuilding teams. You know, like as you mentioned before, she when she joined Chelsea, um, only 11 of the uh, prior people who are working for that team remained. And so basically she just rebuilt that entire organization from the ground up. I think she's going to have, I think she's going to take a very similar approach to this year because it's a different team with different needs. Um, so she's going to build it to her vision. And I think that's what the U S women's national team needs. And because she's been able to do that successfully over in Europe, um, I feel like she is just, her skill sets come at a good time. I think, I think this is what we need. I think the performance of how we did and the World Cup really did prove that that the model that we've been working with for the past two World Cups is not going to work this time around. We need something new. She also had a lot of thoughts on the U.S. women's national team's performance. So I kind of want to read some of it because it is really interesting to hear her speak about this before um, she was appointed. So when everything went down with our performance, this is her words directly that she said to the telegraph i think that's a uk <laughs> news people <laughs> i don't know it's not american that's all i know um <clears throat> there's still a huge amount of talent in the u.s team but with so many of the squad playing solely in the nwsl hmm, it doesn't offer enough diversity to their squad in terms of playing against different styles here in europe where you're playing in different com competitions champions league or cups Players aren't going to be phased by other things because they come up against different football week in and week out. And then furthermore, she said, overall, I think America are massively short of create. This feels like the grammar is weird. Sorry. Overall, I think America are massively short of creative talent. When you're playing against more well-organized teams, better coached teams. Oh, sass. You have to break them down, and that breaking teams down is a combination of strategy, tactics, and personnel. And I don't see that they've got the personnel to do that. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, she's so right, though. Like, if you think about the the landscape of soccer over in Europe, it is so incredibly different than what it is in America because every single country over there has grown up and developed soccer in their own unique ways like they all play with different strategies they all you know there's there's just so many more factors that have influenced the uh, the development of gameplay over in europe and so and there's so many more opportunities for different countries to compete with each other over in europe as well they have so many different more yeah. tournaments that they involve their ladies in um in america we don't quite have that yet yeah um and i think she's right i think yeah. um she really hit the nail on the head there so yeah, it's I, interesting that she said that though. So we're gonna see, <laughs> we're gonna see a whole new uh, supporting staff for for the U.S. Women's National Team if she is given oh, the I'm title. Sure. So I'm curious to see. I'm very curious to see who she brings in to help fill that gap that she mentioned. Yeah, I do think it's it's cool to note too. There's two players right now on Chelsea that are working with Emma, Katarina Macario, and Mia Fischel. Um, and we've seen me official really uh, be performing well in national camps, which is cool. And Katarina Vicario was doing really well before she got injured. So really cool to see uh, them be able to work with Emma Hayes now on uh, the national spotlight. So we'll see. 
coming from my side, when I think about why she would be a good fit is not only has she turned teams around in in terms of play, um, but she's really fought for better treatment, investment, and respect to women's football within um, Chelsea and in the like English uh, women's super league. Just a quote from Chelsea sporting directors, uh, Lawrence Stewart and Paul Win Stanley, Win Stanley, what a what a cool name, uh, described her impact as Emma has been one of the biggest drivers of change in women's football. Her achievements at Chelsea are unrivaled and will live in the club's history forever. And I think with the U.S. women's national team being the catalyst for equal pay uh, to align that with a align that with a coach who really cares about investing in women's sports, investing in women's soccer. And just like everything from like I was looking into her coaching style, everything from like treating them with compassion, healthy environments in all aspects. Um, She's like looked into the impacts of a menstrual cycle and how that recovery, how that helps with recovery or hurts recovery of players. Um, She advocates for better practices within health and sport. So not only is she trying to get you good results, but she's looking at it from a holistic coaching perspective of how can I bring these, like these women into their best selves. And I don't know. I think that aligns exactly with what the U S women's national team uh, team needs. And I'm surprised I didn't think about it before, but to be fair, I didn't know a lot about Emma Hayes, but I'm extremely excited that if she, she is officially announced as a coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think it's uh, absolutely phenomenal. Um, a thought that I just had right now, too, is, you know, if they do give her equal pay to the men's coach, I'm very curious to see just how much pressure she's going to be under over the next handful of years to make sure that the U.S. women's national team is consistently being a top performer in the world. Because I believe uh, Vladko made $450,000 in this past world cup and the men's coach made almost no it was a little bit over 1.6 million dollars so that's almost a four times uh salary increase if they do make them equal i'm sure there is going to be just an equal amount of pressure and expectations from her as well for getting that kind of salary but i mean if anyone can do it it seems like it's going to be emma she seems like yeah ruthless in a good way like you know, she is going to put up the fight. She is going to make sure that she gives the U.S. Women's National Team her absolute best. And like when she was announcing um, to the world that she was leaving Chelsea, she said that her goal was to leave Chelsea at the very top. Yeah. So I think that's she definitely has that that mindset in mind. I feel like she's going to do everything that she can to put the U.S. Women's National Team back at the very top. Yeah. I agree. I think it's going to be interesting to watch the shift from the U.S. women's national team from Chelsea, because when you think about it, like Chelsea, it's very much a long game. Um, You have an entire series like season from it's like September to May and you have to, you know, be able to coach that entire time and keep and keep them, um, you know, on track. But if you fall off track, you have like more time to get back on. Right. But like, she's going to come into the U S women's national team and she's going to have two months to uh, probably like a month. I don't even know how soon she'll have to actually name the roster in June or July. Like you have to, 
you have to pick a smaller roster than you do for the World Cup. So it's even like more intense. Um, but I'm sure she's studying, you know, from her from her point of view now and seeing how players are are performing. Um, but there could be definitely some drastic changes within the lineup when you switch coaching teams and everything like that. So um oh, she's going sure. to the national team and away from club and Vladko is going back to the club and going, I think he's signed with Casey current. Yeah. It, that was, I believe that was confirmed. Yeah. He's going yeah. to be a new coach for Casey current, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, I have opinions on that. I'm he, he did very well there before. Uh, that's why he got <laughs> hired by the U S national team. But um, I was reading an article and they had called, they said, the U.S. Women's National Team has sleptwalked the last three years with Coach Vladko Antonovsky. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's kind of true, though. Like, we got bronze at the Olympics. Like, we didn't. I mean, they did okay at the Olympics. But and then the World Cup was just travesty. So it's it's going to yeah. be interesting how they do. I'm I'm kind of setting my expectations low for the Olympics, knowing that this is a fast turnaround. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are in such like a shift with our players, like you had mentioned before. So, yeah. Well, yeah. we'll see what happens. I, I think she's not going to be afraid to make super drastic changes, though. That's what I'm most excited to see is like what what changes that she's going to make that the rest of us are going to be like, why would you ever make that choice? Like, that seems crazy. Like, you're really like going to be like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she pulls down some of like the more veteran players that we are so used to seeing on the field. Interesting. I, I would challenge you because I think I don't necessarily think uh, the people were wrong in all the circumstances. I think the coaching was definitely not up to par. And um, when you see like in the World Cup, when Sonic came in in that last game and they played with a more defensive midfield and how, you know, how they looked there, I think it that that's when it started to click. So I, I think there will be changes for sure. Um, but I don't know how drastic it will be. It it all depends too on who can come back from injury for sure, because we got Mouse Swanson coming back. Praise God, Mouse Swanson coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, for real. Oh, we have Becky Sarbrun back Becky's back on the field. Um, you know, I mean, Kristen Press, Tobin Heath, they're still, I think they're probably not gonna come back in time for the Olympics, but we have a lot of key players that um, we missed in the World Cup. So I think, yes, she might switch it up. Um, but like she said, there's plenty of talent. I think uh, she's basically saying that there needs to be a lot of changes structurally and coaching wise. So it'll be interesting. And she seems to take like a commanding approach in terms of like she knows her worth and she knows what she brings to the table as a coach. Um, mm-hmm. But she approaches stuff with such compassion and like cares about um the players lives and not only that i was reading about her coaching style and like other coaches within the premier league have said that she has like reached out to them and helped them and like that's like your competition like she leads with such compassion and so i'm really excited to see what she can do um when we had a passive coach before to now have someone that knows what they're doing knows their worth is willing to make strategic decisions but not at the expense of being compassionate to her players which i think we need that especially with all these new younger players coming up yeah no i think you put that wonderfully i think there's a lot of exciting stuff to see and we'll be here tuning in yeah well uh to close us out i think we could talk shortly briefly about the nwsl championship 
I'm I think we're going to be talking more about the NWSL broadcast rights coming up so we can get into some of that later but I was right my team won you were you you won congratulations very 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 sad ending to Megan Rapinoe's career I think she tore it's apparent that she tore Achilles yeah oh that sucks and within four minutes of the game too tripping on her own feet like that Oh, that sucks. In her very last game ever, four yeah. minutes into it, and at a championship game, too. Yeah. Like, oh, very that sad. really sucks. Yep. Um, But watch the highlights, people, at least, because that game was intense. Um, Gotham scored first, and then I think it was Roosevelt scored a banger for O.L. Reign, and then yep. mm-hmm. uh, Gotham scored on a corner kick. Um, and it was actually Gonzalez. I forget her first name. I, why do I think it's Emily? But it's not. It's Esther. It's Esther <laughs> Gonzalez, I'm pretty sure. Anyways, Esther Gonzalez from Spain um, came to Gotham in like August, like August, September, right after her World Cup win. And she scored the winning goal uh, for Gotham last night. And then at the end, the goalie got a red card. And so they had to put a midfielder in at goal for like the last two minutes of extra time. It was so stressful. God, that's crazy. But you could not have written it better um, in in terms of the storylines and the hype and everything like that. It was just such a fun game to watch. It was. It was crazy. Yeah. But well, we will be back hopefully next week. I'm going to get back on a good schedule. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> with the holidays, please be graceful and patient with us. <laughs> <laughs> we will let you know if there are any breaks coming. Oh, okay. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you yeah. soon. See you next week. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate us and leave us a review. Your feedback helps us improve and reach more listeners like you. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Breakaway Podcast for updates on our latest episodes and behind the scenes content. We appreciate your support and hope you'll join us for our next episode.